Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. I'm so excited for you today because you don't even know who we have on this podcast. He's a super good friend of ours, Um, more Clayton than me, but I love his family. I love his mom and dad. They're amazing. But we have Mac Brock um, on the podcast with us today. He's a worship leader. He has been for a long time. Um, But what I'm super excited about is that you guys are going to get to hear kind of the backstory of um, how he came to lead worship and what he's currently doing now. So Clayton, do you want to introduce Mac just a little bit? I do. Thanks for having me join in your podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, diving right in because we want to maximize our time with, with our good friend, Mac. I, I met Mac Brock. This was probably, I want to say 20 years ago. It may not have been that far back, but, um, Mac, I, I believe you were leading worship at Gateway in Irmo, and I believe yep. that you um, you were not married yet. You were actually, you know what? I just realized this. I met you before that. I met you when you were playing at a music thing at Carowinds and your mom was playing drums in your band. <laughs> and I was speaking like a Christian music day at Carowinds. Anyway, we go that back. That probably was 20 years ago. That must have been 20 years ago. So so <laughs> Mac Brock, ladies and gentlemen, um, he's our guest on the podcast today. And wow, it's going to be so much fun uh, to talk to Mac. He's got a new project. We'll talk about that in a little bit. He's getting ready to go on tour uh, with Hillsong. We'll talk about that in the days to come. He's had lots of transition in his life recently. And so uh, I'm just glad to sit in, Shari, with you today. It's really good to, to be able to communicate to a guy that God has anointed in such a powerful, powerful way. Hey, um, Mac, first of all, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to be on this podcast with you guys. Y'all are some of my favorite people ever. Oh, thanks, man. Well, you're, the, the feeling is mutual. Um, you know, we, we also, we love you a lot, but we also love your mom and dad a lot as well. And uh, I do too. <laughs> you come from a, you come from a great genetic pool of spiritual awesomeness, I would say. Right, yeah, Charlie? they're yes, the best. I they're the best. Actually, uh, had the privilege of, we got to go to Peru with your parents. And um, so it's super fun to get to know them and get to know your mom and dad a lot. They talked about you a lot, of course, and their grandbabies that you guys have. And, we got some um, good ones. Anyway, but, but I wanted to say that um, we asked our Instagram followers, or my, I asked my Instagram followers, I don't know if you um, ever do this, but I asked our Instagram followers what are some of the things that they would want most to hear from one of their favorite worship leaders. And your mom got on there and she said, I want to know why he doesn't call his mama more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she's throwing me under the bus like that. Yeah, it's not like you guys never talk, right? I <laughs> know. Uh, she makes it sound like I'm an estranged son. What is she thinking? <laughs> I think she was just trying to be funny and interact with me because that's just how no, she she's is. Always but... good. Yeah, she likes she likes giving me a hard time. Yeah, and she's a joker for sure. Yeah. Um, so I thought it would be interesting for you to tell us a little bit of the backstory that Clayton and I know, but other people might not know of like your first band and um, your like kind of the experience that you had where you felt called to lead worship. 
Yeah. Um, so like Clayton said, I, you know, I grew up playing in bands and my mom is a drummer, um, which sounds like it might be lame, <laughs> but it's not when you actually hear her play drums. Cause she's like a really, like really good drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so I grew up kind of doing that and, and kind of playing, you know, we play like churches and, and clubs and stuff. It wasn't really like worship music, but it was kind of, you know, kind of towing that line, I guess. And so grew up doing that, grew up in my dad's church, leading worship for student ministry and all that stuff. And, uh, didn't really want to be a worship leader as like my profession. Um, I kind of thought that worship was like lame or something or like not as cool as like going to a club and playing or whatever. Uh, typical arrogant teenage musician mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then ultimately, you know, like the Lord, like kept, he kept like opening doors for me to lead worship. And I kind of would just say yes, uh, just cause it was like right in front of me and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And, and just, I mean, honestly, like God had a lot of patience and a lot of grace for my kind of attitude towards worship and just mm-hmm. like continued to let me develop into like a worship leader. And ultimately the desire of my heart just totally shifted towards worship. And I started to see how God could use a worship experience to change somebody's life, how God could use a worship song to set somebody free, to heal somebody, to um, meet somebody where they're at, like in the middle of like a battle. I started to see firsthand what that meant. And so to me, worship has totally taken this like completely changed to where when I started out, it was almost like a means to an end, like a means to just get to play music or Mm. to get to write songs and now leading worship and like actually like being in a room during a worship experience with other believers. That's like my favorite thing to do on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, you know, I'm super grateful for just God's grace on my life to put up with like a little punk uh, mm-hmm. kid that <laughs> didn't know any better. And, and ultimately like, it's just kind of led me each step of the way. So mm-hmm. did you, uh, can you remember any kind of conversation that you had with your mom or dad when you were kind of trying to make that shift or processing what it would look like to shift from being in a band to work leading worship? You know, uh, my mom, my mom, like I said, is a musician. So she grew up, you know, as a drummer, she played for orchestras and symphonies and in bands and all this stuff. So she growing up, like really painted a very realistic picture of like what it's like to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you should probably consider a different career path because <laughs> it's very difficult. And it's very, you know, it goes, it's not easy and it's not glamorous. Um, Ultimately, I, you know, didn't listen to her. And then once I kind of made, once I kind of made the decision, she was full on supportive and super involved, like with, with me and and, and music. And, you know, my parents have just been such a good example to me. Probably the best, the best thing that I like learned from my parents is like what it means to like love people and pour Mm -hmm. into people and meet people where they are and not, I don't know, like both of them have been in ministry their whole lives. And and I've gotten to see almost like less like having conversations with them about ministry and more so just getting to watch them in the trenches of ministry 
has been like the biggest encouragement to me and the biggest thing that I've taken from them being my parents is just watching them year after year, day after day. Um, just be with people and love people, be generous with people. And I know that y'all have seen that firsthand, but that's like, that's the biggest thing I take away from just my parents when it comes to ministry. Mm. It, it sounds like your heart for worship uh, was really developed in a, in a way uh, growing up in a ministry family. And you're one of those rare uh, exceptions to the rule. A lot of folks, it may be a stereotype, but they think of, of guys and girls that grow up uh, with a dad as a pastor, they think of them as sort of being the wild kids that rebel against church and rebel against God. Um, but you really are carrying out a legacy that your mom and dad laid laid down for you. And, um, you know, Shari and I are, are great friends with your parents. They really are. Your dad, even this week, Mac, I'm not kidding, this week, uh, I reached out to your dad to ask him for prayer for something. And he is one of the most encouraging men uh, what a what a great blessing for you to be able to say that your love for God and your love for worship in, in so many ways is a result of the way that your mom and dad live their life. So when it comes to like your heart for worship, what is there at this point in your life? What is your true, what do you want people to feel and experience when you are in that role of leading them into the presence of God? What is that? What is that one thing? And I know that's a sort of an intangible yeah. What is that heart right. that you have that drives you? Man, I think there's a couple of things that I would say. Um, you know, when I'm when, when I'm leading worship for whoever it might be, you know, maybe it's like a really small setting, maybe it's a large setting. Um, I think the biggest thing that I like to to do is just like really kind of overly communicate. This is why we do this. Yeah. This is why we're singing these songs and, and these words that we're singing. You know, sometimes like we learn a song and we become so familiar with a song that we kind of almost forget what we're even singing, even if we're singing all the lyrics. Yeah. You know, we, we don't really, we're not really connecting the dots. Oh, like this is what this means when I'm saying this. And so I love to, I love that idea of like, of a group of believers coming together and saying the same things about God or saying the th same things to God in a moment, I feel like that's very powerful. And in that moment, something really powerful can happen when we're doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I love, I love communicating that. And I love that we're all kind of like our, our attention is focused, you know, yeah. uh, in, in those moments. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is, um, is just being aware of, of God's presence and how, essential that is to to christianity and to like live like a oh having a relationship with jesus is mostly just being aware of his presence you know yeah because uh, he's always with us he's always there we just kind of flip the switch on and off when we're like gonna acknowledge his presence or we're gonna ignore his presence mm -hmm. and so if if in a worship experience we can just turn that awareness on and then hopefully take that with us when we leave so that our worship doesn't stop because the music stops mm -hmm. or because the sermon stops and we're dismissed out into the real world, but that our awareness of Jesus, our awareness of like his impact in our life and that he's with us every day, that that would just be like a, a sticking point in our lives. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. that's probably the biggest thing that's on my mind going into a worship experience. 
Mac, thanks so much for sharing your heart for worship. I just want to take a quick break to give our listeners an opportunity to hear your worship song, Greater Things, from your latest album. And afterwards, we'll come back to this conversation. Hey guys, this is Mac Brock, and this is the title song off of my album. It's called Greater Things. This is just a song that encourages us to believe that God is always with us. He's always right in front of us. He's always right behind us. He's always walking right beside us. And we can trust in His Word. We can trust in His grace and His mercy. And just know that whatever you're facing right now, God's there with you. You're not alone. I hope you like it.
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that song from Mac. I certainly love that one for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you a funny question, Mac. I know that when Clayton and I first started in ministry, we would just travel to all these different places and you can't really totally... Um, you can't control everything that happens to you on a, on the way to an event or on the way to a church. And I remember we got in this argument on the way to the church. And then we're there, we're trying to work it out in the car, and we just couldn't work it out. And so at that point, we just had to say, okay, let's just uh, switch from here and figure out how to go in. And I felt so <laughs> guilty because I felt like I almost caused this argument for my husband before he was getting up to like preach the word of God for all these people and see people saved. <laughs> right. Um, right. It's so conflicting, but the reality is that we live in a world where we mess up and we're sinners and yep. there's just even traffic. I mean, so many different things can throw us off when we, when we're about to go do something that is quote spiritual or holy or like lead someone into the presence of God. And that can be hard. And so I just wanted to ask you, what are some ways that you kind of put aside your life situations in order to like get your heart and your mind ready for emotionally leading people into like the presence of God? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the first thing you kind of hit on it is that we all have that kind of junk in our lives and we all are kind of like, carrying baggage, you know, whether it's something monumental or, or whether it's something like as small as like an argument on the drive to a venue or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think first off for me, I acknowledge, I feel like just in general, like in my life, whether it's like on social media or just in conversations or whatever, just acknowledge how just cause I'm on stage, that doesn't make me like immune to anything. And so kind of just acknowledging that we're all carrying baggage, you know, mm -hmm. and we're all doing this. And so that kind of, for me, that, that just releases a little bit of like the pressure to kind of feel like I have to have it all together all the time, you know, and mm -hmm. that can have like a lot of grace for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing, I mean, I guess the two things that I would say like that I tangibly do is one, like if I can even just get like five minutes by myself, before I like go on to where I can just at least like release some of that tension to the Lord and release some of that, whatever it is that I might be carrying. If I can just kind of hand it over um, and say like, God, like I need you to just kind of take this like from my spirit so that I can, I can stand on stage and, and do what I'm called to do. Um, and and then there, I do think that there's also just like a power, like when you do step on stage and you are singing or preaching truth, that that carries so much weight that mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to like make your, you know, your situation go away or like when you get off stage, everything's going to be fine. By no means am I saying that, but I think that in a moment, sometimes just speaking, you know, when you get up to, to, to preach and to speak truth like God is going to use that and God can use that. And mm -hmm. so he, we don't have to get so wrapped up in, I don't know, even feeling like, like guilty that, uh, we might be carrying something or, or struggling with something or whatever, but that we can just kind of release that to the Lord and then like mm -hmm. preach the truth, you know, and, and speak scripture and speak, speak about God's character and, and God will show up and use that. 
Yeah, that leads me to this question, and you've already sort of alluded to it. When when you're not on stage um, and you're not uh, at an event or at a church, or what is your preferred way to worship personally when it's just you individually when you're connecting with the lord and you're just spending time with the holy spirit um do you like to have a guitar in your hand do you like to be sitting down at the piano or the keyboard uh do you sing your own songs to the lord uh do you sing other songs to the lord what does that look like for you personally because i know you and i know that that you have authority when you lead worship corporately because you have intimacy when you worship uh privately yeah What's that look like? I would for say, you? yeah, it's a variation. You know, if I'm a lot of times, if I like sit down to just kind of like worship God by myself, like in my own kind of quiet place, um, you know, there's a lot of times I will sit down at a piano or, or, or have a guitar and just kind of like sing songs out to Him. Usually, in in those moments, for me, it's rare that I'm singing a song that I know. It's usually I'm singing a, a new song, yeah, or or singing something that I've never <laughs> done before, and sometimes that'll, you know, uh, lead to maybe a song being written or something. That's not the goal, but sometimes that kind of comes out. And it's just like a more of a, I don't know, like a organic experience, I guess. Um, and then yeah. just, mm-hmm. but then the other thing is, is there's so many times you know that I'll just sit in with my earbuds in and I'll put on a Hillsong record or I'll put on a Bethel record or whatever it might be. And just, I don't know, not seeing or anything, but just be listening and let like, you know, I remember when we were experiencing all the hurricanes that were kind of coming through like the East coast, there's not a lot of stuff that gets me like super anxious or stressed. For some reason I was feeling kind of like helpless, you know, when, Mm -hmm. cause with, with hurricanes, you have like five days of just kind of like terror on the news saying this is going to be the worst storm in the world and all this stuff. And it's just like, it's very easy for me to get like really anxious about that stuff, you know, feels like so out of my hands, there's nothing I could do. And I remember I was traveling, trying to get home from an event in Texas. And I was just trying to get home so that I could be with my family and make sure we were good and they were good. But again, it was just like felt so helpless. And I was feeling, I could feel like all this anxiety kind of like rushing up in my Mm -hmm. spirit. So I just put on, this United song that's talking about that, talking about how Mm -hmm. God is the Prince of peace and how he meets us in the storm. And just immediately just like reading through those lyrics and, and actually kind of tuning my heart to the characteristics of God. You can just feel like the swell of anxiety just kind of release off of me. And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of times like that too. That's just, I don't know, putting on a song that I know will speak to what I'm feeling or speak to like the situation I'm in or where I'm at and uh, release it to God. And sometimes those private worship moments, um, I think you alluded to this, may lead to a song. I mean, you've written some, any, anybody that's part of the evangelical church in America, they've heard, you know, come to the altar. Uh, they, yeah. they've come, I mean, we could just list all the songs that, that you are, have had a hand in creating how many of those came out of those? Because songwriting is a it's a laborious process. I mean, you sit around with a, a legal pad and a pen, and and you're usually collaborating with a team. But it sounds right. like the genesis of some of those songs really starts with just you and the Lord by yourself. Yeah, it's both. You know, there have been times that, you know, especially when I was with Elevation, that we would write songs, and someone would come in with an idea. Maybe it was from a, a sermon. 
uh, or, or maybe it was just, uh, you know, a voice memo that they had. And then we kind of build a song out of that. And then sometimes it is just like sitting down and saying like, this is where I'm at God. Like, this is what <laughs> either I'm struggling with, or this is like where my head's at, where my heart's at. And I just need to put language to this mm-hmm. to, to express it to you. And a song will start from there, you know? And so mm-hmm. there've been a lot of times uh, we're all coming to like a songwriting session with only a theme, you know, I don't have a melody. I don't have a chords or charts or anything like that. I just have a theme of like, like this theme has been heavy on me recently. And so from this theme, let's take it and let's, you know, see what comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes it turns into a good song. Sometimes it turns into a really not good song that <laughs> you'll never hear. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not predictable. I can, uh, I was thinking about your experience in the airport. And um, so when I first became a Christian, I was 11. And at that time, uh, I'm aging myself, I guess, but Petra and Whiteheart and some of these groups are really big. And I just remember as an emotional teenager coming home and feeling frustrated and pulling out the lyrics and looking at the <laughs> CD and laying on my bed and crying because yeah. I don't know, just it seems silly, but it was the best thing to do for me in the moment. And just being able to read those lyrics and pray and cry and be alone for a little while. Um, yeah. It can just release everything. Like you said. So true. So good. So what would you say? Um, I'm sure people are curious, what are some of the songs in your playlist or some, some of the groups and bands and, um, that have either influenced you or that you just love to listen to that you can't, you can't turn it off when it comes on. Yeah. I mean, I love, uh, I mean, I love worship music and I love so much of like, you know, kind of like the big heavy hitters in worship (laughs) music, like United, or, or Hillsong Worship, Young and Free, Bethel. Um, I love the new Jesus Culture record. Uh, I really love, there's a record that United Pursuit put out a couple of years ago called Looking for a Savior that has several songs on that that I find myself like continually going back to. Um, just lyrically, he's, the way that they kind of communicate some stuff is just like so... It's one of those things where it's like, man, I wish I knew how to, I wish I had come up with that. Mm. (laughs) You know, I wish like, cause that's like where I'm at. I wish I had had as good of a language to communicate what they are. So there's a guy, I forgot you recommended one time on your um, Instagram. His name's Chris. um, Clayton was making fun of me because it's like Chris Falala or something like that. Oh, Chris Um, Kilala. Do I say it again? Is it Chris Kilala? Yeah. Yes. I, yes. When you recommended him, I picked up his stuff, and I really like him a lot. I'm so glad you posted that. <laughs> oh, he's the best. He's one of my favorite people. I'm actually leading worship with him in two weeks at this like uh, at a church event, and I'm so excited to hang with him. That's so great. And speaking of that, you uh, tell us about your your new project, and tell us about mm-hmm. the next tour. You are a busy, busy guy. Yes. Uh, so I just released a record called greater things. Um, you know, and it's just, it kind of, is just a collection of the songs that I felt like meant a lot to me in this like new season that I'm in and the last year that I've been in. Um, these are the songs that kind of kept coming back to me that I, I was writing a ton last year, but these are the ones that kind of really kept coming back to me and, and just like ministering to me. 
Um, and so that record, uh, you know, that was fun to put that out. I'm, I'm going back into the studio in January to record some more songs that, that we've been writing. Um, and then, yeah, starting at the new year, it starts to get really busy for me. Uh, I've got a tour in February yeah. um, called the Encounter Tour with Levi Lusco and Lisa Turkhurst, who both have uh, new books out that are really, really great. And this, this tour is kind of, you know, kind of coming under the messages of those books. And, and me and my friend Leo are going to be leading worship. And so that'll be really special. And then I go on tour with Hillsong United and Amanda Cook in April. Wow. So, yeah, Man. a lot of good stuff happening that we're really blessed and excited. And that's so much fun to get to go out on tour with. Uh, I've never met Levi, but Lisa is a good friend of ours. Yeah. Shari and I love her dearly. And of course, uh, you guys are connected to her because of your wife and uh, yep. that. So, yeah, you know what? Let me, while I'm mentioning your wife, tell us about Meredith just briefly and, and your family because you... You guys have a great, great family. And by the way, your kids on Instagram are, it is priceless. Yeah, Yeah, you were watching some video. I forgot what video or you were watching the other day and you were just cracking up. Yeah, it was the rat. It was the mouse. (laughs) Yes. All right. So first off, my wife is the best. She is the best part of our family. She's the coolest person in our family, the smartest person in our family. Um, so anything, <laughs> anything that I'm doing, it's because she's helping me along the way. Uh, but she works for a ministry, Proverbs 31. She works with Lisa Turkhurst and she just, I mean, she's busier than me, uh, like way busier than me. She's got her hand in everything. Yeah. Um, and then we've got two kids, Harvey and Cyrus, who are so much fun. And, and yeah, the video you're talking about, if, if there's any reason to follow me on Instagram, it's because I post a lot of videos of my kids and they are hilarious. And uh, our dumb cat keeps bringing in these mice into our house, but she, but she doesn't kill them. She just releases them into our house, and then oh, we have to chase them, or she chases them. And I know what video you're talking about. I posted that a couple of weeks ago, and since that video, she's brought in like four more mice. Oh, no. She just brings them and sets them down, and they run run under the couch or whatever, and it's a big ordeal. Wow! Does she try to catch them again in the house? Yeah, she just brings them. I don't even get it. She just brings them and drops them in front of us, and then they run away. And then she kind of like chills, almost like she gives them like a head start, and then she goes and catches them again. <laughs> she's playing, Mac. She's t- take this from a country boy. Your cat is playing with those with those rats. Yeah, it's like Tom yeah, and Jerry. And I think I think that she likes that we freak out about it and make a big <laughs> yes. deal and try to like. Like I think she thinks that she's starting the party. By doing that, yes. But she brings in she brings in rabbits. She brings in birds. She's bring brought in chipmunks. I mean, our house. We don't live in the country. We live like in the suburbs, and (laughs) our house has had so many rodents and creatures because of that stupid cat. Yeah, Yeah. she's the alpha. Is it a female cat? But we love her. We love her anyway. Yeah, she's the alpha. She's the alpha female. She's the hunter, and she's the protector of the family. She wants everybody to see her skills at work. Yes, (laughs) she is. Well, I just wanted to ask you two more questions as we end um, with you, and I want to thank you for being here. But one of them is, um, I'm sure every pastor would love to hear what um, you think. Like what 
actually, let me change that question. What is one thing you think um, every pastor needs to understand about, you know, being a worship leader or what, I don't know, what just advice that you could give them? And then the other one is what advice would you give any worship leader, whether they're already a worship leader or someone who's pursuing leading worship? I think the relationship between a pastor and a worship leader um, can get really complicated sometimes and it doesn't really need to be. I think that um, from both sides, showing each other a lot of grace would be helpful. But then also like just being very clear in communication of like what each other is is thinking or what, you know, the pastor is like wanting. I think like the biggest thing that like pastors could probably help a worship leader that's under them is helping the worship leader catch a vision for like the atmosphere of a room Mm -hmm. less about like specific songs. Like, Hey, I really like this song, do this song, but more so like, Hey, this is the mood that I want to create for this experience. Or this is like what I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's a big picture, like for our church, this is the way the atmosphere should always feel. Or maybe it's like, hey, for this one specific service, this is what I'm thinking. And almost like creating a space for the worship leader to find find ways to, to, to get that atmosphere and get that right energy. Less, less than like, you know, I want you to always do this one song. Um, I want you to never, ever do this other song. You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes we get so caught up in the nitpicky stuff and that can be really, really draining. But if we get a get a vision for like, what's the big picture of like what we're thinking for our church, what you're thinking for, you know, your sermon, that helps worship leaders a ton know, you know, how to create that vibe. Right. Um, And it sounds like to me, it's just a matter of the pastor saying, if this is the atmosphere I'm wanting to create and this is what I'm going to be teaching, I'm going to trust that you can find or that you're capable of finding the perfect song set for that. Yeah, finding the right songs for that. And if and if you can do all the communication and it's still not happening, you know, then you can have like very <laughs> then you can like reevaluate things yeah. or reevaluate like all right, we need to start getting specific or whatever. But that's one of the biggest things I try to communicate to worship leaders and pastors is just getting on the same page from the big picture vision of of kind of like the mood of the room or the, mm-hmm. the vibe that you're trying to create for a specific worship experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of times pastors can communicate that they might not know why they love reckless love. You know, they might not know why they love what a beautiful name, but then, but they know the emotion that it causes, you know, mm-hmm. they know like, Oh, this is the way I feel. And so if you can communicate some of that, hopefully a worship leader can, can take that big picture idea and find the right songs that'll fit. Yeah, that's great. And then the second part of your question, Shari, you ask him um, if you could give any advice to a worship leader, because a lot of worship leaders are dialed in listening to this podcast, honestly, because they knew Mac Brock was going to be on it. And that Mm -hmm. is to honor God in you, but it's also to honor the gift that God's given you and how you have stewarded that gift. What is a uh, a piece of advice you give any male or female worship leader in a traditional, contemporary, modern, mega, small house church? What's that one piece of advice, that golden nugget? I'll give you one spiritual advice and one just tangible advice. Uh, spiritual advice is to read your Bible. Mm. 
And when I was first starting out at leading worship at a church, I met with Lee McDermott, who yeah. y'all know very well. Yeah. And I said, Hey dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> can you help me? And I thought that he would be like, all right, here's, you know, on Mondays you need to do this on Tuesdays. You need to do this. All he said was just read your Bible. Like it's your job. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's going to have a twofold, you know, two prong effect where one, you're, you'll have more wisdom. You'll, you'll be more in sync, but then it's also like going to be the best way that you're going to get to know Jesus more. And your relationship with Jesus is what's going to carry your authority and carry your anointing as a worship leader. Um, and then, uh, less spiritual, just more tangible thing. Know the songs that you're playing. (laughs) Learn the lyrics of the songs that you're playing, learn the chords, practice a lot so that when you're on Sunday morning or you're leading worship at a service, you're not having to think about, all right, what's the next lyric? What's the next line? Know those songs so well, so that when you're leading them, your mind's not on there. Your mind's on what's happening in the room. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on here, you know, and you don't have to focus. You don't have to have your eyes glued on a, you know, uh, what do you call it? Lyric screen yeah. <laughs> in the back yeah. of the room. You don't have to be stressed about, well, I don't remember the chords or anything. Take care of all of that during the week so that when it comes time to do your job, you mm-hmm. can do it with authority and a clear mind. That's so good. I feel like um, that could be both of those are good advice also for speakers. So um, (laughs) I'm actually preparing my message for winter conference. And I think I'm going to take your advice for um, preachers, for worship leaders. I'm going to just send Carl Carty a little email and just say, this is the (laughs) atmosphere I would like to create before my message. So thank you for that. And then second of all, I think that... um, if you can be free to do a message and you're not always having to look at your notes or remember what the next point is, it can flow a lot better because you're paying attention to what maybe the Lord is saying to you in the moment or the people in the room rather than, Oh man, what was that next point? I can't remember. Um, Sometimes we use like, like wanting to be in tune with the spirit, like wanting to like, well, I just want to get up and flow and whatever the Lord puts on my heart. That's what I want to talk that's so easy to become just an excuse to not prepare yeah. and mm-hmm. an excuse for laziness. But yeah. I've always learned, or I've always thought the more I'm prepared, the easier it is for me to change it if I need to. Yeah. The easier I, it I is for me you. to like throw the, you know, playbook out the window if, if in a moment I need to change, but it's because I'm prepared that I can do that. Yeah. So good. Well, I just want to thank you so much um, for being on this podcast today. I know that it took time out of your day it took oh this um, is the best i love you guys yeah well it took time to plan and we just really appreciate you so i want to give a shout out to your family and your awesome wife for letting you do this and then also to your mom and dad who are awesome (laughs) yeah Yeah. and we're gonna see all of you guys right after christmas we're coming to the lake and we're gonna hang with y'all we're gonna party all right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So guys. we will make sure that um, people are aware that they can. Uh, actually, I'm just going to say it right now. If you want to find out about more about Mac Brock, you can go to macbrock.com and get his new album, Greater Things, which is amazing. And also, if you want to go hear him, check out the Encounter Tour on his website because I know he'd love to have you there. And yep. you will not regret doing that. Um, guys, I just want to thank you for being part of Overcoming Monday. I'm sure that Mac's given you some things. 
to uh, some little secrets for your big breakthrough. And I just wanted to let you know that all podcasts, blogs, books, all of these things that we do as a ministry, they thrive on your support. So if you guys will just go to iTunes and Give us a rating, um, you know, give us your support. That would be wonderful. And we just want you to know that we appreciate you and cannot wait for you to hear this next episode. Hey, Mac, thanks for being on today, Shari. Thanks for having me on with you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Love you, buddy. Thanks so much. Love you, Shari. (laughs) Love you, too. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We're thankful you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you. There are three ways you can help us reach even more people. Be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at shariking99. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to CKM, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry at claytonking.com give. And of course, subscribe. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out her blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.